The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation today with another trailblazing innovator whose company is doing amazing things for palliative care. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Michael Burcham, founder and CEO of Neris Health. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for making the time to be here with us today. Could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Sure. I am a native of Mississippi. I moved to Tennessee in the early 80s to begin my healthcare career. Did an undergraduate in physical therapy, a master's in business, and my doctorate in health administration. I spent the first decade of my career at Hospital Corporation of America, then decided to break out on my own in the early 90s to raise capital and form a company in the care support space. For the last 25 years, that's been the area of focus for me, and I've scaled and created three companies in that space. Wow. Wow. Could you take the next couple of minutes and provide our audience with a 10,000-foot overview of what you guys are doing at Neris Health? I'd be delighted to. Neris is a new kind of care management focused in the area of palliative care. Palliative is about managing the symptoms and pain associated with disease, particularly complex diseases. As a result, our work is about uh, helping an individual when they're early diagnosed to understand both the disease and all their options for care. Once they understand those options and make choices, we support them by helping them gain access to the types of providers they're looking for and then to help them manage pain and symptom as they go through their treatment process. And then once that treatment is complete and as they're setting goals for getting back to some level of recovery, or if it's a terminal disease and there isn't a recovery, working with them through that process so they can make the best decisions possible for themselves and their family. Great. Michael, you mentioned you've been at this care management for over 25 years. How has care management evolved over that time? In the early 80s and mid-80s, care management was much more about what I would call utilization management, and that is understanding and approving what people were going to get in healthcare. In the 90s, care management became much more focused around managing an episode of care, a hospitalization, a time in a rehabilitation unit, an episode of getting home care. So while it did, it was much improved over the 80s style, it was still very siloed in the way an individual was cared for. In the 2000s, early 2000s, care management was really focused around diseases. So the industry went through a phase where both insurers and employers looked for expertise to help manage someone's diabetes or heart disease or cancer, again, very focused in a disease way. There was good success in that area, but there were challenges also 
the challenges surface because we as humans are pretty complex and rarely have one disease at a time, particularly as we age. So as our population has gotten older and we carry around two and three chronic diseases, and, and often diseases that would have 20 years ago ended our life early that now have actually become chronic diseases one lives with, care management is now evolving to really being what we call patient-centered, and that is understanding this individual, the underlying chronic conditions they may have, this new disease they're being diagnosed with, and how this new disease and their underlying conditions and their family situation may impact not only the services they might need, but also the way in which they best need to get medical services. Michael, I mentioned in my introduction palliative care. What do you feel is the true meaning of palliative care? It's a specialty in medicine that's focused on people living with serious illness. And it's not just about managing a symptom. It's not just about care navigation, nor understand terminal disease. It's really about focusing on an individual patient's goals and objectives, helping them meet their goals and objectives, alleviating symptoms where possible, and letting them have the absolute best quality of life possible while they are dealing with a disease or an illness episode. Perfect. Next, Michael, how is the rise of personalized medicine impacting healthcare and specifically palliative care? Personalized medicine is allowing us to understand at the genome level how various individuals respond to treatment. This is particularly pronounced in cancer drug, cardiac, and neurology, those three particularly. It allows us to have an enormous level of precision in which medicine works best for this patient. And as new, more experimental drugs come onto the market, how likely is that particular drug to help a particular patient? What we have learned over the last five to seven years in the precision medicine space is that different individuals respond to different medical compounds in unique ways. And there is a probability statistic of how well I might respond to something versus you. You know, as we all grew up, medications, we'd known them as the color of the pill almost, but the pill was the same that we all took. We're moving into an era where there may be five to seven or more varieties of a type of medication that's more tailored to a type of genome. As medicine becomes more personalized, the support around the care, the support around the treatment needs to also become more personalized. Personalized medicine is allowing individuals to live far longer with what would normally have been debilitating or terminal diseases, but it also means we have to pay special attention to the individual needs of the patient and their family and help them thrive in the most quality of life way possible while they're getting treatment. As you guys are engaged in this end-of-care component of health care, what observations do you have regarding consumer engagement in healthcare? What I have found is that individuals are transformed when you ask them about their own personal goals because so many times when we're given a serious medical diagnosis, within days or a week or two, we're swept up into a system where we are seeing new specialists we've never known. We are working our lives around us, a myriad of appointments to see these super specialists who are all there to help us. 
and we're almost pushed through a system we don't really understand. What I have learned is that when we step back a moment and focus on the goals of the individual, and then we can put all these treatments in context of the individual's goals, it now makes meaning for the person. The other thing I've learned in managing and working in this sector of the population is that so many times we tend as humans to put our life on hold while we're dealing with a serious illness. I often hear a patient early on say, when I get past this, I'm going to get back to doing X or Y. But it's as though they put their life on hold waiting for this treatment cycle or cycle with cancer to be over. Our job is to provide them options where they don't have to put their entire life on hold while they're getting treatment. In fact, if what they have is indeed terminal, the most powerful thing we can do is enhance their living even while they are dealing with a terminal diagnosis. Michael, how is technology playing a role in care management today? It's a very good question, and I'm, I'm glad you asked that. One of the most powerful tools we have created is a, is a mobile way that patients and families can share in the experience. This came out of my own story of dealing with a family member with a terminal cancer. When one of us would go with a family member to the doctor, our first job as we left the doctor's office is to call brothers and sisters and friends and relatives and give them an update. And it was a dozen calls to make so that everybody knew what was going on because we were a close family and everyone cared. But things always got lost in translation. And part of the family knew part of the facts and the rest of the family knew other facts and rarely did we all understand all the facts. So we built a mobile technology that allows the patient, their spouse and children, family to, to participate in the medical journey together so that everyone is hearing all the same information at the same time. It's much more effective way, particularly when big decisions are being made about a surgery or a treatment, if everyone has the information. It also allows that same communication back into the medical infrastructure. So if a family member has a question about what does this test mean or what does that mean for my mom or dad or that treatment, everyone can see the question and get the answer at the same time as well. It also breaks down barriers for conversations that are hard. If a family member is dealing with a disease that may be terminal, often we're afraid to bring it up for discussion because we don't want to look like we're not supportive or we don't want to squelch someone's optimism, but honest conversations are really important. So a mobile like this allows individuals across a family to have honest conversations with one another, and it's very empowering when families talk honestly about what's really going on and how best to manage a particular disease or episode of care. Perfect. Michael, I learned on our show from a guest last year about CMS approving code 99490 for care management. Has that impacted what you guys do? It has, and it's been a positive impact in that by having a code that's approved, it not only validated the space, because Medicare CMS is the single largest payer in our country, but it also provided a mechanism that allows physicians to begin to think about how to build palliative care services into their practice. Palliative care is an important attribute of all types of medical service, 
and so many individuals facing significant disease need to have conversations about symptom management, about terminal conditions or living with long-term chronic disease that don't often get the opportunity to have a meaningful conversation with the physician because historically medical codes were about doing a procedure or an office visit. Having a code now that provides a way for a practitioner to have reimbursement for these conversations extends the palliative conversation across the medical spectrum, and we think that's a very good thing. I agree with you wholeheartedly. One of the most popular topics on our show, and it's probably because of my particular interest in, because when I first got involved in healthcare, I was involved in this, was telemedicine. Yes. How do you see telemedicine helping the palliative care environment? Are you implementing it? Is it going to help you guys? We are implementing it. It is early next year in our journey. We're building infrastructure for that today. Perfect. Let me give you an example of how that will be helpful. And I'll use my home community here of Nashville as an example. A woman who's diagnosed with significant breast cancer, let's say stage four breast cancer, is coming into Vanderbilt for a treatment or a round of chemotherapy, may live an hour and a half or two hours away in a rural part of Tennessee. Imagine this is a single mom. The opportunity to get in to see a highly skilled practitioner every week is almost impossible because getting in to see the medical oncologist every other week is a hero's journey for this lady. Our ability using telemedicine to bring the expert to her phone two and three times a week for interaction and consultation is a powerful way to deliver a service into the rural community where this individual lives. It's far more cost effective for the individual and we can create not only peace of mind but we can reduce complications and so many unnecessary challenges for the patient by offering that support via their phone through a telemedicine link. So that's how we intend to use it so that we bring, in a way, uh, the democratization of healthcare to everyone, no matter where you live. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to invite you, once you get that going, to back on the show so we can learn from what you've learned about the implementation and how that's really helping your patients, because I think that's just a topic that really excites me. As I said, when I started with teleradiology 25 years ago with someone you know well, Todd Cato, there was these visions of grandeur that there was the, the next thing beyond teleradiology. And telemedicine, to me, really didn't get there until the last couple of years. And now we have all the infrastructure we needed to make telemedicine work. So I'm glad to see companies like you really embedding it in what you do. Well, it's a powerful medium because through your phone, you can have access to an entire suite of medical experts or counselors or support that you might need. We're going to use the service as a way to deliver counseling, to offer social support services to individuals who need it in smaller communities. Perhaps you want to talk to someone in the clergy or someone for spiritual counseling. Perhaps you need to talk to a medical specialist about a rash or something that's a side byproduct of a treatment you're having. All those can be managed by telemedicine in a much more cost-effective way. And in, more importantly, it's almost immediate results. There's nothing more challenging as a patient who's facing a significant medical condition to call into a medical office, 
leave a message, and then wait patiently by the phone for someone to call you back. And whether it's a half hour or four hours later you get a call back, it feels like an eternity because you're facing an unknown and you're already alarmed and upset about what's going on. The ability to know instantly with an interaction, is this something I should be worried about or not, or how should I resolve this or not, gives enormous peace of mind in what's otherwise a very chaotic day-to-day process when individuals are facing something so serious. Absolutely. We've talked about telemedicine. What else is on your plate? What will you be focused on for the remainder of 2016? We have begun to build out pilot sites around the country working with insurers, employers on providing that safety net for their employees or their insured members who are facing significant conditions. We're building out a care management platform that physicians could actually use in their office to do palliative support because we believe that the market is far bigger than we as a company and we believe there'll be opportunity for different medical groups and hospital organizations who may want to do their own version of palliative, but they need a scaling infrastructure technology to do that with. We'll be offering that technology platform for others to use by the end of the year as well. So that platform combined with our mobile tools and our pilot sites across the country will be our primary focus for the balance of 16. Awesome. Michael, we're about to wrap it up here for today. Before I let you go, where can people go to contact you and to learn more about the great work your team is doing at NARIS Health? If you would like to get information about the company, the best spot to do that is our website, which is narishealth.com. If you would like to read a news feed of the things that we post each day and week that we think are relevant to our industry, you can also follow us on Twitter at Naris Health. Perfect. Michael, it's so great to have you here today. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on part of your program. I look forward to visiting with you in the future. Absolutely. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Michael Burcham, I'm Joe Lavelle, and I'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.